Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 343. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is the red-faced co-host and good friend of mine, Jeff the Riz. Risden, how you doing, brother? <laughs> uh, I am struggling with my old burner laptop uh, where the camera is about six years old and it is making me look like a lobster. <laughs> I did get a lot of sun this weekend, but I am really not that red. But not this much. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, we got you, man. We got you. Don't worry about it. Um, we got a good yeah. show here. A lot of good stuff to talk about. And... The Riz is going to be an integral part. He's got a lot of stuff. So good, good stuff. All right, let's see. Let's get through this. Uh, first, we've got OTA, OTA report outs from the man who is there. That's the Riz. We just talked about that a little bit. Uh, Panay Sewell, his move to right tackle. It will cause the Lions to fail. I've heard it all over Reddit. We've got a little bit about Big V. we got big news about Jelani Tavai turning into Little T and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it! Let's kick this off and break it down. <laughs> All right, straight out of the chat. Chris has got a hog. Jeff, not so sure. You, sir, are the winner of the day. And <laughs> hey, now. All right, let's get into it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, I'm improvising tonight. I'm not in the normal space where I do it because the, uh, my neighbor is out there with his kids in the pool. Um, you, it's like actually like if you, you can envision where I normally am, right below me is where his pool is, like the little blow-up pool. Uh, that was just impractical for this. So I'm in my living room now um, where it's uh, unusually dark and I have poor lighting. And I'm also using my old laptop. So it's just things are tough all over, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Questions. Yes, we are auditioning and getting practicing for our OnlyFans right now. Don't worry. Things are going to be going really good. Uh, someone wants to drop you in. I got, a, I got a great couch over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be getting together. We've got some breaking news on some scheduled <laughs> stuff. So let's talk about that. Uh, training camp party. It's a annual event. Everyone loves it. We'll uh, we'll talk about it a couple times, but we've got a date. We've got training camp starting on the 27th of July. And it looks like we'll do the party on July 31st, which is Fan Appreciation Day down out at training camp on Saturday. Yes. And then that night we'll do our party and uh, get everything set up there. So Yeah, and we'll work out on the, all the details on that. So the NFL has, has standardized training camp for all 32 teams this year. Well, 29 of the 32 teams, the Lions being one of those 29, they are all starting on July 27th. They are all having open fan access and like special games and, and 
things like that on 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 uh, September July thirty first. Um, they've decreed that to be uh, a thing around the entire league. So uh, that's that that means that the practice will be during the day. So uh, you not will not be running straight from practice to the party. Although you're certainly welcome to come early uh, because I will probably be there uh, getting my drink on. For sure. Yes, 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 we will. Uh, but we're, we're going to work on all the uh, logistics of the party and when, where, who all comes, you know, what all you have to do to get in uh, and, and stuff like that. We're, we're going to be feverishly working on that behind the scenes. And you will know more once we know more. Yes, absolutely. Um, we, we've got a couple things going. Uh, literally, this is breaking news, so I'll make some calls to some old favorites. Um, this is We don't do this as a fundraiser. Uh, just so you guys know, this is this is something that we do. Just like we, It's a break-even event for us. It's to get out, have fun with everybody. Uh, we try to get some stuff, some giveaways and stuff, and we try to do a live show from there. We change it up this year a little bit. We'll see how everything goes. We may just have a big, let's all get together and party somewhere and, and, and forego some of the formalities. We may, I have a feeling we're going to do a lot of vlogging and live video. So I don't, I don't know. It may, the fan, the, the channel may turn into an OnlyFans. Who knows? So we'll see what goes on. You never know what happens when, when the drinks start flowing. That's right. All right. So we got that. Um, just so you know, also on the scheduling piece, preseason games, August 13th. Yes. August 21st and August 27th coming up for your pleasure. It's uh, those are, are, are ribbed. Absolutely ready to go. Yes, they are. The, uh, <laughs> the, the first one and the last one are at home. The middle one is on the road uh, and they will all be televised as well. Yeah, so very nice. down to three, down to three preseason games this year uh, because there are 17 regular season games. That was part of the trade-off. They lopped off the fourth preseason game that nobody gives a crap about anyways, including the players and the coaches themselves. So the yeah, next question that, is, are the player, are they going to use the third preseason game to rest everybody now? Like they used to, so right? <laughs> that that is a that is one of the many things that the NFLPA is at war with itself about. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have heard the the whole thing about how players were um, asked and recommended to boycott training camp. Well, there were eighty three Detroit Lions at OTAs last week. Uh, there are probably going to be that many this week. I haven't got a full count yet uh, for who all was there today. I'm not there today. I will be there tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, but it's. Uh, most places around the league, the, the players are like, you know what? I, I want to get some work in. I've been away for too long. I'm ready to work with my coaches. I'm ready to work with my guys. Um, Zoom ain't cutting it for all this um, like it, like they had to last year. Uh, and, I, and I think some of the, the loosening of the, the pandemic restrictions around the country has, has facilitated a lot of guys being in camp or in, uh, I keep calling it camp, it's OTAs. Um, these are OTAs. These are voluntary, but a lot of people are volunteering to be there when they weren't expected to be there. Yeah. And I, I think, especially for a team like the Lions, where everything is new. I mean, there are new starters all over the place on both sides of the ball. We have a new rookie head coach, a new coaching staff all over the all over the the roster. Getting getting the, getting the guys in, and, and honestly, it shows it shows that the the players respect Dan Campbell. It shows that they respect yep. Sheila, um, who was very pr- visible and present last week, and and I know she was out there again today. Um, and I will see her again tomorrow. And and she's out there. Um, she's not, and, and Rod Wood, in fact, I, I, I had a few seconds with Rod Wood last week, uh, talking with him. Um, he, he remembered who I was, which was kind of nice for me, but yeah, it's, um, it, it, there, there's a definite change of feel to it. And I think the players at least early on are buying in, um, because I, I'll tell you this, if Matt Patricia was still the coach, there wouldn't have been 80 dudes there last no, week. No, <laughs> no. Nope. And, and that's, that's the new attitude, right? New coach, new regime, new coaches and a new attitude. Um, 
And just think, I mean, well, we'll talk about it a little bit about the, uh, well, let's get into it. We'll get into it a little bit. We'll get into it a little yeah, bit. I want to we'll talk about that. Uh, I want to get into OTAs, though, if you're all right. Um, yeah, OTAs, yeah. the second bit of OTA started today. They had one already last week. Riz was there for organized team activities, for those who don't know, and uh, spent time. Uh, on the field, watching some players. We're going to do a quick wrap on that. I want to ask you a little bit about um, Ify Melifon, uh, kind of out, out of the gate here. But um, sure. we're, we're going to wrap up last week. Riz will be there again tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll keep hitting on what we saw, what we see, what's going on, and um, things to think about. So uh, on yeah. Ify, I want to ask you something. This, this guy, look, there's two crazy A needs that this team has right now right safety and wide receiver yes we'll talk about wide receiver <laughs> a little later do we have um, to <laughs> i just don't i don't know what we're going to do without getting number one and i don't, don't. think we're going to get a number one and it's just going to be don't. crazy um, oh i just hope we have a number four at some point <laughs> we'll talk about it but if he has a potential, he 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 he's got the build where he could step up. What is he? Six two two fifteen two oh five something. Like and that. he looks it. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. Here's a guy who looks like he may be able to possibly step into a safety role from his athleticism, his size. I want to get your take on this, Riz, because because this yeah. could fill a gap and this could be part of a plan that the team has. So they ha and he danced around it in his press conference. Uh, what that wasn't last week. That was at the rookie uh, mini camp, which was a couple weeks before it. But he knows that there is a need at safety, and I think he might realize, might maybe, <laughs> that his easiest path to instant playing time is by playing safety. He has not played safety before, uh, and if you've watched him play. He has the the he has the size. He has the the coverage ability for the safety. It would be a transition for him to play the run and specifically the angles he takes in in run defense, in taking on blockers, in taking on um, and and fishing his way through traffic and things like that. Those are things that he would have to work on um, to to put it charitably uh, in order to play safety as a rookie. Now the flip side of it is. Nobody else on the team other than Tracy Walker is an NFL safety. I was going to say, so, what's the level of competition, though? <laughs> um, uh, and and uh, Iffy um, is bigger. He is bigger than Tracy Walker. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at him, he he looks and, – and he he's a guy, um, without getting too weird, he carries himself very erectly in that he's he makes himself look bigger than he is um it's it's not by you know shaving with a manscape or anything this I'm is this is a guy man. who I'm a he's got man. very good posture very you know like like shoulders up and out he 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 presents himself more like a king cobra than like a an adder mm -hmm. or an asp mm -hmm. if you if you know to go herpetologist on you you know there there he he just looks like he's a big dude and carries himself like he's a big guy I've and comfortable and is comfortable being a big guy i've always known you to be more of a horologist but go ahead <laughs> yes yes that's <laughs> <laughs> a uh that's someone who does a study of gap um oh, riz is making some popcorn his son's got some popcorn going in the thing we'll get him back here in a second um the question is is number one the the level of um competition at safety what are, what are these guys really, what is if he really playing against and then um what about the udfas and we'll get to that with riz here shortly as soon as he uh, he gets his microwave shut off and his uh, his video back going, 
Um, we'll go to the chat really quick. <laughs> um, let's see. I think, oh, uh, just so you know, when we think about uh, speed on Iffy, I believe we're doing like a 4.5340 is what he clocked in at. So he's got some um, some speed. And, um, oh, there went Riz all together. Bye-bye, Riz. Um, he's got some good speed. So he's, he seems like he has a lot of what we're looking for in this base for a uh, a safety but can he play one of the things also to think about is is this a, this is a year where again we don't have our wide receivers but we don't have our safety talent as either we're going to look at this and think about it could this be similar to taking him converting him to safety and, and treating it like this is a first year cornerback getting his his uh his reps is this him getting up to speed and uh building himself into place as a as a player, so Riz, what I was talking about is, could we look at Iffy and I and I just so you know, I, I'm I'm just calling him Iffy for short instead of. Uh, it's a lot Fido. easier that way. Yeah, Ifido, Ifido, Ifatu, Ifatu, ah. Melifanu. I can get that one. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think he's just going to always be iffy for me because <laughs> let's face it, he's playing he's playing safety. But while he's being iffy, could this be like when you get your cornerback, the learning curve in the first year is him. Working and growing, and we lost Riz again. <laughs> so I'll go back to where I was. Crack a joke and he leaves. It wasn't that bad, Riz. Um, working and growing as a cornerback would um, through the his uh, his first year process. This is where we can get uh, something from. If he, we got popcorn going, Riz, we okay there, bud? No, um, uh, my internet connection is unstable. I'm actually um, home with just my son, and he's in his room playing video games so uh, oh okay, okay yeah i don't know what it is it's it's uh that that dadgum internet yeah it's that time of day <laughs> hey it is so the question is 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 this similar to a first year quarterback and knowing the level of what this team's going to be putting on the field this year could this be the year that if he gets up to speed at safety and makes a career at that position you were talking about his his physical traits and abilities yeah. could that be how it translates yeah, absolutely. And and I think some of it has to do with the fact that, that this this regime clearly values corner more than safety. And they want to see what they have at cornerback, I think, before they make any move like that. Uh, they they have. Honestly, um, he Meli Fanwu and Oruwarie are very similar physically. Um, uh, Ifatu is a little bit bigger, um, bulkier in the upper body. But in terms of like they are both press man corners on the outside. Now, if they're not using press man corners, and then you've got Jeff Okuda, you have Quentin Dunbar who came in, who, who uh, I, I think is going to start uh, opposite Okuda. I think those are your two start starters. Then you've got Oruwarie, and you've got um, Corn Elder in the slot. I think Tracy Walker is going to play a lot of slot safety um, as a hybrid corner safety type thing. Mm -hmm. So where does, where does Ifatsu get on the field? Where does Oruwarie get on the field? If they're both playing the same spot, one of them is not making the team or one of them is going to be inactive every week. That's just the plain facts of it because I don't think either of them is going to contribute on special teams that much. So if you have the choice of moving one of them to safety, you're going to move Mali Funwu. Right. Uh, and I hope that they see that and at least try it. I, 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 From everything I've gathered, they have discussed it, but they're not ready to move make that move yet. But don't be surprised if he winds up getting some looks at safety uh, and and that could be a fluid thing throughout the season too. You know, if they're if they're three and nine, 
Um, and and Will Harris still sucks, uh, and and C.J. Moore still only belongs on special teams. Yeah, you're going to see some experimentation and safety. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, so we got Iffy there. What else did we see from uh, OTAs last week, Grizz? I'm going to kind of let you free free form a little. Okay, bit. so the the first thing that stood out, and th- this stood out, uh, I, I walked in um, and I was I was hanging with with Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit and Ben Raven from M Live, and we walked over. We were the only three that walked over to the offensive line area. And we were all looking at each other like, is 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 that Sewell? Because he looked really small compared to the guys around him. Now it's relative. Taylor Decker is huge. Dan Skipper's six nine um, and massive, um, and uh, all perennially sunburned more than I look here. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Logan Stenberg is a legit six foot six. Um, he, he's a big dude, and he's another guy that carries himself very erectly. Uh, there's a lot of big dudes on that. Matt Nelson, six seven, so Sewell is not close to as tall as them. And and when it, you see them standing next to each other in little groups, and I will try to get a picture of that tomorrow. He is not more than six four and a half, uh, it just in relation to the size that the other guys are. And his arms clearly aren't as long. And I think while while we, we as a list of guy at six five three thirty, for the other thing. He's not 330. He is maybe 310, 315. He looks great physically. Man. But if you're expecting this guy who's like this physical, you know, like like straight out of central casting tackle, he that's not him. That that's not who he is. He's he's not as tall or long as you've been made out to believe by whoever. <laughs> it's just well, not <laughs> by the highlights. We'll just say the highlights alone because that's where most people watch their their film. I mean, he's he's been a road grader. He's crushed people. He's destroyed them. Maybe yeah. the competition wasn't maybe as NFL. Well, size. keep in mind <laughs> the best player he's ever played against was was on on Zurique. Yeah, that's, that's the best player he's ever played against at, at any level. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they didn't square off all that often in that game either. It was I think it was seven reps they went up against one another. So, uh, yeah, name a Pac-12 pass rusher, folks. Um, you're not going to find any. So uh, there's uh, – now he looks he, – physically he looks fine. Um, he, he certainly moves very well. Um, they were doing bag drills. They were doing um, where you got to pop, 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 going across and, and with, with your footwork uh, and your shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for dancing with that. Uh, dancing with the stars. <laughs> uh, and and he, looked, he looked fine. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with him physically. And, and he looks leaner than, than I expected. And, and I mean that as a good thing. I, yeah. I think that's a positive trait for him. Yeah. I think at 330, you're looking at a guy um, who would probably be wearing a little bit too much weight, quite frankly, for his frame. And I, I think, there's I, a, I think a, 310, 315 is a great weight for him. We talk about the athleticism of defensive linemen. I think yeah. rather than just being large and in the way, athleticism on offensive linemen is becoming more and more important rather than just carrying weight to carry weight technique skill athleticism are are becoming more important yeah that, that's something and that's something that, that hank fraley stresses repeatedly when he's yep. coaching the offensive line coach he is he's barking orders at these guys and he's now he will he will be the first to praise them but he's also one of the coaches who will whack you on the helmet if you're not doing it right i tell like, you, hey <laughs> I'll tell you straight up. I, I know for a fact he loves these guys. He loves he should. these guys. It's, 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 they've got a lot of. I tell you what. Also, Taylor Decker looked really good. Matt Nelson looked really physically impressive and moved better than you would think he would for a guy that was playing defensive end two years ago. 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There, no, there is, no. there, there is something there with him. There, there really is. I, I understand now why they are bullish on him. Just again, it, they're not going offense versus defense in these things. Mm-hmm. They weren't in full pads. They were just in helmets. They're in shorts. Uh, but he, what, what I'm looking for. So when you're, when you're watching situations like that, what you're looking for, you're looking for fluidity of movement. You're looking for consistency of movement. You're looking for, are they balanced? Are they, you know, do they understand how to, you know, exactly where there is their hand, foot, shoulder, hip. Is that all alignment? Is that all in symmetry? Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked, it looked very good for Nelson. And it, it, quite frankly, it did not for Dan Skipper. It did not for Logan Stenberg. Uh, it didn't, didn't for um, uh, who's the little center, Drake Jackson, yeah. um, who looks tiny compared to everybody else. Uh, he is, uh, I think he's listed at 6'2", uh, 290. Uh, that looks really microscopic compared to some of those other guys. Because I, I went up walking with Evan Brown, um, who most people don't know is on the team, but was a backup center for the Browns last year and has played for the Giants in the past as well. I, I know he is exactly six foot three and 300 pounds. And I, I talked to him a little bit and I saw him standing next to Jackson. I'm like, wow, you're a lot bigger than that dude. He's like, yup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, keep your expectations pretty low for, for Mr. Jackson. There. All right. There you go. All right. Um, let me, um, let me ask you because one of the things I'm I'm thinking about here with this this group, right? We know how high Hank Fraley is on them. We know yeah. how much how good they were last year. I mean, they were the shining star as far as position groups. They on were this team. they were solid, man. They really were. If you believe, and a lot of people ascribe to this, I'm one that there's going to be a step up at from everybody. Not 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 yeah. a giant leap forward, but a step up from everybody just based on the difference in coaching. And the schemes that they're putting out there and how they're putting people, they're basing schemes on people rather than trying to force people into schemes. And that's just going to result in in better play. If you want to think, number one, how good of offensive line coach Hank Fraley is, look at how well that position group did last year despite the coaches surrounding them. And then number two, think about how much better they've gotten in this offseason and where things are going, I think this there's this is this is something that I've I've said this. I I really think that this could be a top three offensive line in the NFL this year. With with not it's not a big stretch. No, not at all. They they have the potential to be that. They I I'm not sold on their depth yet, uh, especially inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's something that we're gonna have to to see and and how it evolves. You know, maybe Stenberg steps up a little bit. Maybe. Uh, Maybe Evan Brown is an answer. Uh, I, I've seen him play. He's not terrible. He's not. He he's an he's an NFL backup. Um, you, you can you can be worse than him. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, like like Abushi's gone. Wiggins is gone. Uh, Joe Dahl is gone. So they're replacing. You know, pr- pretty much everybody who was off the bench last year from the inside is gone. They do have to step that up, and I. That's something that I think we're going to have to watch a lot of um, in in camp once once the the first starts flying in actual pads because. Yeah. Uh, uh, the defensive line also seems like it's the strength of the defense. There are there's quality players there, and I one of the things that came up this week. Um, this isn't is incidental in camp, although he is in camp this week. Is Michael Brockers? Michael Brockers was not there last week. He is there this week. But one of the things that came up was was I we had to write a thing um, that he would be here this week, um, and there were a lot of people like, oh wow, I forgot he's on the team. Yeah, um, and. That, that's a really good football player. He was, he was, he is, not, he's not Robin to Aaron Donald's Batman, but he's like, 
he's pretty darn good. I mean, this is a this is a longtime good NFL starter who's coming in and he's ideally suited to play the position that they have him, which is going to be the five or the six technique in a three man front where the two outside linebackers are effectively a five man front. Right. He's played in that a lot. That's that he he and he's an upgrade. Now, what what that means for and, and and so so my personal envision of this to go a little off topic, I think he starts. I think Anzarike rotates in with him. With I I still have a hard time picturing Romeo Okora being a stand up outside linebacker. Um, I'm gonna have to wrap my head around that, but yeah. it, it could happen. I, I think Julian is more likely to do that, and I think you're gonna see situations where Romeo is down and Julio is standing. Julian standing to his outside shoulder. I think you're going to see some of that. It would be Julio in. instead of Julio. Julio. So you know. Yeah, I've got Julio Jones on the brain because <laughs> yeah. uh, there are fans that – Julio Jones is not coming to Detroit, by the way. Let's clear that up. Thank you. Yeah. Nope. End nope. of story. Although, it would be nice if, no. it was, if it was priced right because we have such a dearth just – anybody that can catch a ball right now but anyway that's that is if, if you like having cap room next year you don't want julio that's jones right and we we will have cap room next year we, we're not we if we sign julio jones i'm talking about today i'm talking about today yes today we, there's there's plenty <laughs> all right um all right i want to talk a little bit uh really quick before we move on um jared goff what did you see from him how did he look i've i've heard he 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 looked pretty decent out there pretty good yeah, he he's he's fine. This was not Kellen Moore coming in with some weak ass piss arm. You know, he he, he can throw the ball. Uh, he he had one miss. Um, they did how many? Put I think they did seven reps. Maybe ten. It was either ten or yeah. It was it was seven reps of seven on seven, um, and then a full team thing. And he had one throw that was high and behind Hawkinson, and it had some mustard on it. Now it, it's not Stafford. But you're not talking. This is not Dano. This is not Chase Daniel. This is not some weak armed guy. On, on throws out to about 20 yards, his arm strength is absolutely fine. And and we were close enough. Um, a little logistical update: they do not have the media tower anymore. We are much closer to the field than we used to be in the media. Um, we are close enough that we can hear them when they're just talking to the coaches um, over the music. So that, that that's the kind of better access that we have. Thank you, Sheila. Um, and and you you. She absolutely deserves the credit for that because I think she listened to the media, um, and I'm one of them who complained about that. Um, she was she was willing to to do something about it. So props to her for for listening to us and making our jobs and our lives better, so we can provide better information and content for you. I, I, I think that's that's something that uh, I, I don't think we'll get enough credit for her. Yeah. Um, well, and, put, and, put that feather in her cap. I would I would <laughs> I would bet. That if she's doing it for the media, that's going to translate to training camp and what they do for the fans. I don't think that this year I'm going to be about moments away from a wrestling match with a security guard <laughs> over whether you would get black and thrown out for having you being on your phone. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> I didn't back down either, and I didn't back down. The next day, I walked up and it was like you, you come across your nemesis, like one of those old West movies. You see each other, you're like, right? And uh, I walked up to him and I said, "Look, Joe." I, I, I'm not taking pictures. I'm just holding my phone and live tweeting. We're allowed to tweet. I'm not taking pictures. You can see. You watch. Pay attention. You'll see I'm not doing it. Let's have an understanding, right? And he's like, all right. I said, no, you got a job to do, but I'm doing my job. You're doing yours, and I'm not breaking the rules, so let's get that straight. And he, he seemed cool about it, and he wasn't he was, wasn't a problem the second day, but that was that was BS, man. I'll tell you what. That, that was, was that BS was crap. that year. 
Yeah. And, and so one other thing, if you're looking for live updates from practice, you're not going to get them because we are not allowed to live tweet from practice. We will be escorted out if we live tweet from practice. And yes, they are monitoring us. Yes, yes. Uh, and they let us know that they're monitoring us, too, um, in a friendly way, but in a stern way as well. So you will not see myself or Justin Rogers or anybody else there live tweeting what's happening in practice. The only thing we're allowed to do is if there is an injury, we're allowed to report that a player suffered a non-specific injury. Like, like let's say, I don't know, let's say Logan Stenberg breaks his arm um, in a freak accident. We're allowed to say arm injury Stenberg unlikely to return today. That That's the extent of it. That That's literally all we're allowed to tweet while we're at practice, while it's under uh, in session. Bottom line, if you see live tweeting from somebody, you might as well unfollow them because you're not going to see it tomorrow. <laughs> and that's, that's very true. All right. Um, let's move on to the next one. Thanks for the, the coverage, Riz. As always, really appreciate it. Um, more OTA stuff and inside look from Riz, uh, coming up as we move on. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, hold on, special guest on the show. Lions podcast is up here crawling around trying to hit the mixing board. Um, a lot of pearl clutching <laughs> around about the move of, uh, Penny Sewell to right, oh, right tackle. Oh. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start this conversation, right? Because. <sighs> This just came out of a, 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 a comment that he made that it's not easy to do. Folks. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Let's not light our hair on fire and let's not freak out. Remember, he played right tackle and some D-line in high school. And out of high school, he got recruited to D1 schools as a left, as a left tackle. Now, let me just kind of mention who recruited him, okay? We got Oregon, Alabama. USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida, all made offers, okay, to a guy that was playing right tackle, and we're going to move him, okay? I'm, I just want to tell you, I wouldn't worry that he can't move back. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, like he said, it's, it's, I mean, it's like, you know, here you go. I, I, I forget who said it. But it's like trying to learn to wipe your butt with the other hand. And I got to tell you, people break their hands all the time and have to, and and they don't walk around with a stank. <laughs> this is something that you can do, and he will do. And he's, yeah. I've I've seen stuff, and it was from a great article by a guy named um, Hefe Risden, um, where <laughs> he talked about <laughs> some other players that had made uh, some moves in that way. Yeah, so I got I got a little bit of experience with this here. Um, uh, I covered the Cleveland Browns last year. You might recall they had two new tackles last year. One of them was their number 10 overall pick, Jedrick Wills. He was their left tackle. Where did he play in college, Chris? He was the right tackle at Alabama. <laughs> they put him at right tackle there. Now, some of that, to be fair, his last year there, they had a left-handed quarterback. So he wasn't, in effect, the, the blindside protector. But the hard part about switching sides is that you have to do everything mirrored to where you normally are. It's irrespective of who the quarterback is. It's, Wills, Wills, and, and and the Browns drafted him right away and said, "Yes, you are left. Uh, you are our left tackle. Don't even think about playing right tackle. Start learning right away." Which is, by the way, what the Lions did with Panay Sewell. They told him before the draft, "You are going to be our right tackle," uh, and they were not the only team that told him that as well that you know you're a right tackle dude um, embrace it and he started working on it on his own 
with professional guidance from people who've made the switch before themselves, they were fine. Now, Jedrick Wills. Can, can I, can I just really, jump in really quick? I, I, I want to make no, one point because it's out of the chat. Logan has yeah. nailed it. I love the article saying if Sewell doesn't work out on the right, just move Decker over. Why is that any easier? Why is that any easier, Riss? Oh, who's my the, God. Who's, who's the brains behind that operation? <laughs> People, stop dropping your kids on their heads, please. <laughs> Oh my god. You know god. when you drop the, the the baby the people hit the roof before the baby hits the floor just so you know. <laughs> uh, you have a perfectly fine left tackle in Taylor Decker. He was really really good last year. I know that people don't like him because he went to Ohio State, but get over it. Come on. But the one holding penalty, don't you remember? <laughs> one. Hawkinson had two in one game twice. <laughs> You don't hate him for it. Taylor Decker was one of the top five offensive left tackles in football last year. I don't care if it's PFF. I don't care if it's football outsiders. I don't care if it's Duke Mayweather on Twitter pulling over his Escalade and telling you that he's a really good left tackle, folks. You don't need a new one. They drafted Sewell knowing he was going to be the right tackle. He's embracing it. He understands that it's a challenge. It's not going to be a given, and he's working his butt off. To go back to Cleveland, Wills was really good after about week five. He gave up one sack the rest of the way. The, their right tackle, one of the reasons why they moved him, is Jack Conklin. Chris, where did Jack Conklin play in college? Center? He was Michigan State's left tackle. Oh, my God, he played left tackle at Michigan State. You remember that? Yeah. Remember, people remember that? Yeah. Michigan Michigan people here in the Mitten State, you know, here. He played He played there. Um <laughs> A lot and, of people and he, here are familiar with Miss Michigan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he went, and right away, the Tennessee Titans drafted him. 2016, first round. I think he was 11 overall, maybe 15. I don't know. It, it blurs. It blurs, Chris. <laughs> they installed him as their starting right tackle right away. How'd he do switching? First team all pro as a rookie at a position he'd never played before. He was a left tackle in high school. He was, a, he was actually a tight end in high school. Moved the left tackle in college. Had never played on the right side in his entire life. First team all pro. What is what is Jack Conklin's calling card? He is a freak, nasty, mean SOB. That's what endears him at, at right tackle. <laughs> Brad Holmes weighing what, what what is what why why do people like Panay Sewell so much? Because he is a freak, nasty, mean football player, SOB on the football field. That's what you want in your right tackle. Your left tackle, you want a guy who's a little bit more finesse, maybe a little bit more technically oriented. Right tackle, you can get away with a guy who's, who's an ass kicker. Oh. And, that, and, and that's what Sewell is. If you watch his game, he's a power-oriented player. Oh, by the way, his arms are shorter than ideal. His entire body is shorter than ideal for left tackle. You're moving him to right tackle. It's exactly where he belongs. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Browns, by the way, are not the only team. To, and by the way, they happen to win a, win a playoff game. We'll talk about the New Orleans Saints. Where's our head coach from? New Orleans. Sounds like they had some pretty good success there. So, 2015-16, they drafted Ryan Ramchick. Left tackle, Wisconsin. Before that, left tackle, Wisconsin-Whitewater. Before that, tight end high school somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, a lot of cheese in his, his background. And never played on the right side before is along the short of it. They had Taron Armstead, who, like Taylor Decker, is an underappreciated by his own fan base, really, really good left tackle. 
Uh, in fact, I would say, I would dare say that Taron is probably a little bit better than, than uh, I don't know if he's better. I'd say he's more consistently better. I think Taylor's peaks are a little bit higher, mm-hmm. but uh, Taron Armstead is a really, really good left tackle, folks. They drafted Ryan Ramchick in the first round. I think it was number 29 overall with the express purpose of installing him as their right tackle. Guess what? He was really good right away. Does he give up sacks? Yes, he's given up. I think it, I think the number is 11 in four years, which is a little bit higher than you would like from your uh, starting tackle. He is the best run-blocking right tackle in football every single year. And, oh, by the way, because he was over there and really good, it made Armstead's job that much easier. Armstead had never been an all-pro, never been to a Pro Bowl before that. He's been to three since then. So you're looking at it, Taylor Decker, and, and this is the impact from the Saints, and, and they saw this. You better believe that Dan Campbell is, is cognizant of this. Having the really good right tackle made the left tackle his game ascend. Taylor Decker still has enough time and room and physical capability to ascend to, from being a, a borderline top five offensive left tackle to being a, a top three, top two left tackle, uh, especially when when some of the guys that are above him, Trent Williams, are 38 years old, Andrew Whitworth on his way out in Los Angeles with the Rams. They have the chance to have bookend tackles for the next five years who are both top five at their position. I don't understand why people are upset about this, Chris. I really don't. And it was all over the subreddit. Like, oh, my God, they're ruining Panay Sewell by moving him to the right. And and the the doomsday. Oh, my God. Everybody knew he was going right tackle until – and and nobody had a problem until those words. And then it's like they were sitting there lying in wait, ready to have a a, a nervous breakdown. Um, I want to add another – you know, you you usually do exhaustive reporting, uh, Riz, but I have to call you out on really missing one on this Uh one. Um, This is – this is – this is going to have to go on the permanent record. Uh, a guy that you didn't cover as far as switching sides was a young man named Riley Reef, who moved to the left oh. side when he went to the Minnesota Vikings. And he's a he did. quantity. And by the way, so so I covered the right tackle in that equation. That's Brian O'Neill, who is a left tackle at Pittsburgh um, and is not your prototypical NFL right tackle because he's light. He's six foot seven and 295 pounds when he got there. Um, but he's also not overly mobile. Uh, again, you want your, your tackle with better footwork and better mobility on the outside to play the left side. In the case of Sewell versus Decker, that is absolutely Taylor Decker. And I refuse to hear people besmirge that guy's skill. That is a talented football player. And I'm tired of people ripping on him because they don't watch him. Well, and, and what kills me is literally the last week, week and a half of pearl clutching and, 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 and just – terror it's it's, it's about the offensive line which is one of the best units on the field right it would have been the one of the best units on the field if we hadn't picked up sewell (laughs) it would it would have been right he's he's like he's scared about with his team please do not freak out about the offensive line no no Uh, the, the, it's it's stupid, Chris, and and I understand, and and I've made this criticism before, and I'll I'll say it here again. I think in general, Lions fans have a wildly unrealistic expectation for the offensive line play of their team, and I also think that they don't really pay close enough attention to how other offensive lines around the league play. Um, that that, and I will levy I will levy that criticism upon you, Detroit. Prove me wrong because you haven't yet. In years and years and years of covering this team, Lions fans consistently gripe about 
good offensive line players more than any other team's fan yep. base. And you talk about the one thing. So I'm going to just tie this back to to Jared. Goff. Be better fans, please. <laughs> we the, the 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 difference between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff needs some time. Jared Goff has never had time with the Rams. He had a really bad year this last year, and he had a really bad line in front of him. One of the things that they this, struggled this yeah. front office did is create that wall to give him some time and give him the ability to deliver a ball like he knows he can without the pressure. You look at the stats when he's under pressure, he doesn't perform so well, right? He's not ideal. We're putting him in the best position to succeed where the Rams didn't. And the Rams, we'll see how they go. Um, I think it was you that said it actually on our last our last show two weeks ago, Riz, where um, maybe Matthew Stafford isn't the best fit for the McVay offense, and yeah. we may see the other side There's... of it is is the McVay offense may be one of those that's been kind of figured out. This is going to be an interesting year in Los Angeles. It is, and it's it... not a given that that Stafford is going to work with McVay, and I'm. Fascinated if that doesn't work, who takes the blame for it? Is it Stafford or is it McVeigh? Yeah, 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 exactly. So there we go. We'll jump off that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Any word on Goff's girl taking over for Tori on the, for the Lions? <laughs> I like no. That. That's um, I will say this though: Tori was there last Thursday, mm. um, and I, I said I, I don't know her well. Um, we're, we're work acquaintances, nothing more than that. Um, you know, I, I don't. We're not hanging out anywhere, um, but she you. she she gave no indication to any of us that that was her last day on the job. Now um, I later found out that a couple of people did know, and they didn't spill the beans that day. Um, and she re- she released the video like right after all of us had left. So uh, best wishes to Tori. I do not know what she's going to do. She's re- she was really good at her job, um, and I say that as someone who's a little bit skeptical of her hire at the time because I know a person who interviewed against her for that job who was really, really good at the job and would have been great at it. But yeah, she's uh third she did she did a bang up job. Got her digits ah. third from the bottom. Ah, 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 there you go. <laughs> no. As I say, and I wish her nothing but the best. Uh, she was, she was she's great. She was always fabulous. always very pleasant and, and the, the players genuinely liked her. And I'll tell you what, um the players, especially in the early Patricia era. Love the fact that she can ball. Yes. <laughs> she went out and played to get a better understanding. And when we interviewed her, she was just great. She had great, great. She was really, really great as an interviewee and did a yeah. great job as an interviewer. She was absolutely fabulous. And, and one of the real highlights in that, in that uh, inside kind of reporting team, class act, former Gator. I guess you're always yeah. a Gator. Once a Gator, always a Gator. Uh, yeah. Saw an Insta post. She's she was on a boat. I think she's back down home, and I think that was part of it. She's she very much loves Florida. She's from the Tampa area. Um, yes, she is. Yeah. Um, loves it down here, and I I would expect that maybe she's she's trying to find something. But she was great. Wish her the very very best. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. Let's let's move on. One more thing on the offensive line. Um, oh yeah, talk. we're for, we're forgetting a big thing. Yeah, <laughs> the big V, the big V, <laughs> Halapulati Vitae. I almost did it. Hey, <laughs> good job, Chris. Um, this is again. I'll, I'll go back to. We have a coaching staff that absolutely loves this line. We have uh, a big V who was injured last year, 
by a coaching staff's hill that is probably there as a warning. You know, some things serve as a warning to others. The hill probably remains as a warning. The hill, the hill is still there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're we're still not allowed to run it as a media either, which was a disappointment <laughs> to me. Um, if you ask to mow it, you could probably get away with that. Um, <laughs> we got a coaching staff that's absolutely high on him. We have a coaching staff that put together the best position group on the team last year that's high on this guy. And wants this guy. And there's some other things that are little people finding a little controversial because I guess they're looking for something to whine about. Big V. Some other some guy wrote an article again. Some some site, what was it? Uh, lionswire.usatoday.com. Yes. Go there now. Something like that. Click, click on it. <laughs> click, 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 click. Uh, again, this Jeff Risen guy is showing up everywhere. <laughs> I can't I don't know what's going on. He's like, whatever. Anyway, so you had a good article about uh about Big V. I want you to kind of expound on that a little bit because All right. it'll help. So so uh, I will hearken back. I will wear my Browns hat again for a second, because at this point last year, the Cleveland Browns fans were very excited about having Jedrick Wills as their new left tackle. Jack Conklin is their new right tackle. Joel Batoni is a fantastic left guard. And if he played in Detroit, y'all would, would love the guy. JC Treader is an above average center. He's not Frank Rag now, but he's good at his job. They didn't know who their right guard was going to be. Like, like it, they thought it might be Drew Forbes, who was a guy that they drafted. Um, he was Mr. X in the 2019 draft, 2020, no, 19 draft. Um, they thought it could be Wyatt Teller. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a couple of other people. Teller wound up winning the job. So this was a guy, he was a fifth round pick out of Virginia Tech by the Buffalo Bills. They didn't like him like right away. Uh, they, they realized this, this guy can't play. So they, they shipped him to Cleveland for a, I think it was a seventh round, a, a seventh round pick next year. I don't even think the Browns have paid the Piper on it yet. All Teller does comes out. He was arguably the best right tackle and a right guard in football last year. Um, and he did it in a way that is very Frank Ragnow esque. He is a mean, uh, physical, powerful, lower and upper body symmetry butt kicker, but he also happens to have fantastic foot technique, footwork, punch. His initial punch just jolts people. You know, Browns were absolutely, like, freaking out. Like, we got to go get ourselves a right guard. Like, at, at this point last year, like, who can we trade for? Who can we go get? Um, there, there were actually Browns fans that were upset that they didn't get Big V. Like, that guy's better than anybody we've got. Um, didn't work out that way. Teller was phenomenal. Um and, and, and so uh, I, I wrote about that today uh, at Brownswire, and you can go check it out at Brownswire, uh, about how, how much better it was. And the offensive splits with Teller on and off the field as the right guard. But the, the larger point is nobody knew who he was at this point last year. He was like, he was like a guy like maybe, maybe he competes, maybe, maybe he rotates in. I, I, I don't know. Um, and he was great. Big V – coming into this year has better tape than Wyatt Teller ever posted yeah. anywhere. Yep. And that includes at Virginia tech. Now we didn't see it last year. We did not see big V last year. Again, he was injured. And I think the injury was more severe than they let on in part because he was hurt by the team's training facility in the Hill. And he played through a lot of that injury, didn't he? He did. And did he ever complain about it? No. Who did? did he ever, did he ever ask the media for a quarter on that? No, he did not. Who, who, he sucked it up and tried to to do his best through it. And is it there anyone that didn't play through any injuries on the offensive line last year? No, actually, honestly, Decker was hurt too, and I think uh, I'm right now, side. right now, broke his throat. I'm thinking the right <laughs> side, the right side. 
Oh, oh, you oh, know who? Oh. <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, before you throw in the towel, the, the the moral of the story: before you throw in the towel and think that right guard is going to be this massive hole, let's see what a healthy Big V can do. Because, as Chris has said, the coaching staff really does like him a lot, a lot. There's a reason why they paid him $45 million. It's an absurd amount of money for a guy who was a career backup, but they clearly saw something. The people who were largely responsible for that signing are still here. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you have, you know, someone, you know, there's a lot of questions. You have quality backup. Why would you let him go? There's reasons, right? We've alluded to them. Um, Big V's the guy. And um, he will absolutely Sewell be the starting the right guard this year, and he will be better than he was last year. Does that mean he's going to be as a breakout player like Wyatt Teller was? Who the hell knows? No, we'll I sure don't, but it's not absurd for it to happen. Yep. <laughs> and this is, you know, this is this team is about being kneecap biters and loving the game of football. And, and that you, is, do you, that is big feet. That is. In your DNA. It's not something you turn on and off. If you turn that on and off, you probably won't be long for this team. And that's all I'm going to say about the offensive line and the people on the line and everything else. I've said what I need to say. Um, but the people that don't Big understand. Big V is, he is, he is absolutely a kneecap biter. Um, yeah. And he, he showed that at TCU. He showed that at Shrine Game Practices back in the day. Yep. They, they, I, I, I remember being at St. Petersburg High School, home of the Demons. Um, on their crap ass field where we used to have to practice before they moved the practices into the the god awful whatever they call the dome in St. Petersburg. It's it's it, it's a monstrosity that needs to be leveled and condemned. Tropicana Field. Um, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, was, I was like, I think it was the hot dogs. Yeah. Oh, they're so delicious. I mean, they've already <laughs> made them. They're ready for next year's shrine. They are. They are indeed. They are ready. <laughs> they held them they're over are, since they didn't do it this year. So you've got them. They are already spinning around. They reheat them a third time. Um, th- this was a guy that, that they they told him in practice to tone it down. Um, so th- this this is not a soft guy. This is not some mm-hmm. you know like oh I, th- I think I'm going to go read poetry by the beach um, on my off day. That that's that that's not this guy. <laughs> I, I I think there's there's a weird narrative that has come out about Big V that he's this soft, you know, pillow cushion. That's not who he is. We didn't see who he really was last year. Please give him a chance to disappoint you be- this year before you write him off. Now, he might disappoint you. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he does disappoint you and he's off the team in 2022 and they they find somebody this year to start for him halfway through. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he's a at least a league average starter at right guard. And if he's a league average starter at right guard, that makes him the worst player on the offensive line. And let me tell you, that's a phenomenal offensive line. (laughs) There's about 30 other teams that would like an offensive line like that. Yes. There you go. All right. Um, Really quick, I want to hit on um, our good friends over at cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Cat, you need some. You've got that anxiety going on in the background. Um, <laughs> pain, anxiety, insomnia, it is the stuff you need. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com and get yourself taken care of. Use coupon code LIONS for 55% off. They have a, a, a sale going right now. Um, it's it's announced on the site. But this is, this is great stuff. 
just so you know, I say this, and for those that don't listen, I want to. I just every time I want you to know that the um, the chill line is the stuff that will absolutely give you a, a buzz. There's no question about it. If that's what you're after, you will get the sit your butt in the couch buzz for a couple hours, watch a movie, and just <laughs> absorb it. Uh, again, I also advise you the first time just to eat one uh, gummy and and go from there. If you or do one uh, the eyedroppers of the uh, the oil, if you get the oil, um, the other CBD that's not the chill line or extreme chill won't trip a drug test. It gives you all the relief from pain, anxiety, and insomnia that you're looking for, but without the the buzz factor. It's built on hemp, not the um the weed thing and then um the, the delta eight the chill line uses one of the how, what did you call it one of the methods of action that that's involved with with the thc stuff but without being thc but it trips it psychosomatic something uh, it's not psych- it's something it's real <laughs> anyway cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com we try to keep up the uh tradition of Helping, helping you by helping, our, helping, our, helping you help the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. That's what it was. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> Use coupon code LIONS. Thank you, guys. Um, all right. Going to move on. This is a topic. I, I, this may scratch a little bit of a scab for some people, but it's something that needs to be covered. Um, Uh-oh. I know where you're going. Yeah. He's, he, and I'll say there's two things I'll say about this. Number one, he was the inspiration for everything we've done with St. Jude. Okay, Um, Matt Patricia did a really, really cool thing at the combine, and it inspired us to do what we did. We've almost raised, we've raised just under thirty grand in two years of doing the St. Jude thing. November fifth, we're doing it again, twenty-four hour podcastathon. Riz and I, and a whole slew of guests and 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 friends of the show, and so on again. Um, But Matt Patricia, we met him, senior bull, nice enough guy. He's just not. A great coach of the Lions, um, and I'll, I, I may be understating how bad, but anyway, <laughs> the news on him is he's being groomed as the successor to Bill Belichick in New England. Yeah, people are laughing and saying this is Belichick sabotaging before he goes so he can cement his place as it's not Brady that carried me; it was me that made right. you know, all yada 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 yada. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to tell people. Don't underestimate what Matt Patricia could do in New England because that culture, those people, everything associated with that is there. They knew who he is. He doesn't have to pretend to be anything there. He can be authentic Matt Patricia. I I, I just would not underestimate what he can do in New England. So now let's commence I laughing about know. him as a successor I, of Belichick. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, so... And, and and we'll, we'll we liked Matt Patricia from what we saw of him in the last year and, and getting to know him a little bit. And the players who were left, by and large, grew to appreciate some things about Matt Patricia. Um, his his um, I, I'm looking. It was more of an. It was it's more than just approval. He looks like a catalyst for all the social justice things that were very important to this team a year ago. Uh, in, in the wake of the George Floyd and, 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 and all of the, the things going on in our chaotic world, he empowered his players to do that. And they, they absolutely respected him for that. And I do too, because that wasn't necessarily an easy thing for a coach of his standing to do. Um, and, and you, you will hear guys like Trey Flowers and uh, uh, Taylor Decker 
um, among others, who will always go to bat for him for that. Yeah. Um, the problem was that he just got off onto the wrong foot by being a different guy than he than he should have been. He wasn't he wasn't his true self when he got here. We've, we've talked about it a lot. Um, and to your point, Chris, New England knows who he is. They yep. they you know and and they they welcome that. It's weird to me. Uh, and this is an interaction that I had with somebody on Twitter. Was like, isn't Josh McDaniels getting that role? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, that's that's always been the the word. Um, right? So so my thought. And, and this is just my crazy thought. This is not from anything else other than what's going on in this head. And you, you all really don't want to be in here, but I will share what's in there. I think Josh McDaniels doesn't really like the idea of him being a head coach anymore. I think he likes where he's at. I think he enjoys being the offensive coordinator. I think he likes having somebody above him, somebody who will get fired before him. If the defense doesn't work uh, as an example, uh, and I think that he also doesn't like having the hierarchical power of choosing the roster. I think he likes not necessarily shopping for the groceries, but more of like, hey, I'm not, he's, he's like the sous chef. Like, like, OK, yeah, give, give me this and I'll, I'll cook it just right. Um, I don't I don't I don't need the asparagus. You know, I don't need the, the broccoli. Give me give me some Brussels sprouts. and I will roast them perfectly for you and they'll be heavenly. But he doesn't want to, like, be the guy that goes to the store and does all that shopping. Um, and I think some of this goes back to when he bailed on, on Indianapolis because there were people there who have hypothesized this as well. And I, I tend to agree with those people that I don't think he really wants to be a head coach. I think he just likes to be mentioned as a possible head coach. And, and then that sort of inflates his ego enough. And the Patriots are certainly paying him well enough to be where he is. Yeah. And he's happy being what he is. Um, and if Matt Patricia takes over as a defensive coordinator, he can continue in the same role he's in. And he's happy doing it. Again, that's that's not me interviewing Josh McKenzie and gleaning this. That's my that's that's coming out of my head. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I think you will find people who will listen to this from the New England area who will agree with that take. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll say the other thing. And again, I'm not promising that Matt Patricia is going to be the guy to continue a dynasty in New England, right? But he doesn't. I don't think he's the abject failure that people think he's going to be walking into that role just because no. everything else around him is tuned for him to take that role. He's probably the right guy to manage that team's decline to normalcy, though. I would probably say uh-huh. that's probably the decline best. Decline to normalcy. It's <laughs> yeah. probably the best uh, characterization. Yeah, and and I, I again, I I really hated his coaching the first couple of years. I really did. Yeah. And some of the decisions that he made um I knew it wasn't going to work. Uh, and, you know, it, you were vocal I, about it too. I mean, you didn't, it, know it, but, and I, I really wanted it to work because after getting to know him, after spending some time with him at the senior bowl and seeing how well he related to those kids, uh, shouldn't call them kids, the college players who were going to be pros. There was something there. That guy, that guy can coach, but that guy wasn't the map that we got in Detroit. No, no. And that's very frustrating. Uh, so with that, I have a vlog. I wrote it over the weekend. I didn't get to get it recorded. Uh, look for it for this late this week, early this weekend. It's going to be a little bit related to Matt Patricia. Uh, it's going to talk a little bit uh, about analytics and how analytics are used and how people misthink about analytics. Um, I think I think you guys will enjoy it. It's it's um, I've got a couple of good examples from the real world that are not sports that tie in that'll help uh, illustrate what we're doing. So look for that to come out this weekend. It'll be uh, it'll be it'll be quality stuff because I'm doing it. All right, uh, moving on. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> moving on. Let's talk about uh, 
you know what? Really quick, let's talk because you know we cycle through people. I want to just reiterate: training camp starts on the twenty seventh of July. We will be having our training camp party on July thirty first, Saturday. That's family yeah. day, and everybody will be there during the day for training camp and then that evening we'll be doing the party uh we'll have a place yet to be determined and, and work that out but uh there will be drinks involved again this is uh it's gonna be oh, a, a, a good time to that. we'll be shooting for prizes and sponsorships and stuff like that as well uh it's not a fundraiser this is is really what we you know kind of our our our, our fan support and and listener support uh kind of thing we do need to cover the cost of the room and and, and the waiters and, and waitresses and all that stuff so um, there, we usually have a, um, an entrance fee, like a, a ticket price. We, dinner comes included when we do that. So right. we're working on that. We're thinking, you know, we're, we're going to kind of brainstorm a little, see what we might change this year. If anything, we may not, but we'll have more details on that, but pencil it in right now. If you want to hang out, have some beers with us, um, July 31st is the time that evening will be training camp a whole bunch of days on both sides of that. Riz is going to be mostly always at training camp. Um, but we got a lot of really, really good stuff. So July 31st is the training camp party. Don't miss that at all. It'll be fun. All right. <clears throat> There's a guy out there who I have been massively critical of on this show. And it's, it's in retrospect, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm wrong because my criticism was deserved and it was earned, but there could be a couple reasons for it's being earned. It could be a coaching issue again. It could be a scheme slash coaching issue. It could be uh, it could be a draft issue. It could be something. But Jelani Tavai has come in, and it's been a physical transformation. I mean, you talk about seventeen pounds, which, I mean, look, on a guy like that, that's all muscle and very little other stuff. <laughs> seventeen <laughs> pounds is a bunch of friggin' weight. It is a bunch of weight. It is. He looks it like is. a whole different guy out there Riz, did you he does him at all at ots did you i did is, is he quick um, i i would I, I was not up close to him but it is noticeable from a distance um so he was on the second field i was primarily with the offensive linemen and the wide receivers and quarterbacks last week um i will venture over to the other field more tomorrow when i'm there uh, to get a look at the defensive guys but yeah he it, it's it's obvious he has slimmed down quite a bit um, and it, it's not just the fact that he's slimmed down. He's added like muscle definition um, in his shoulders. Um, and you look at his forearms. Like you can see this, this is a guy who is not only, he's not just like losing weight. He's, he's like, he's toning. He's, That's nice. and, and he's posted That's some, nice. some workouts to, to Instagram where it's like, he's really working hard on, on, on his agility on getting quicker on, on making it so he can react quicker to, to things that he sees. Uh, and God bless him for it. And, and he talked about it after practice last Thursday. Patricia wanted him at 270. He's at 247 right now. Wow. Now, 247 is still on the heavy side for an off-ball linebacker in the NFL today. Your best off-ball linebackers are guys who are playing at 220, 225. Um, maybe 230. Uh, that, that, that's where guys like Darius Leonard are. Uh, and he's sort of the gold standard right now. Devin, Devin White is, I think, 226 um, for, for guys who uh, – talk about a guy, by the way, who, who earned a hell of a lot in the Super Bowl. Um, remember, you know this, Chris, from being yeah. in Tampa. Yeah. 
Buccaneers fans wanted him benched during the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny that he, he performed so well and everybody thinks he's awesome. But yeah, like Devin Bush in Pittsburgh is, is at 220. Yeah. Well, no. thinking about so the fact that he's 50 pounds heavier than the standard, you wonder why he's slow. You wonder why he's sluggish. You wonder why he sucked. But you think about that transformation, right? This is what we, we, we didn't see him. Got like the clapper pops. working here with lighting. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> we didn't see him after the season, and he popped into OTAs 17 pounds later. He's going to do OTAs. Yeah. It's going to end June 17th. He's got another month and Three, almost two a weeks. Month, a month and two yeah. weeks. Yeah, almost a month yeah. and a half to keep working. I bet I bet we could see another 10 pounds come off of that guy. I, I, it I, wouldn't I, surprise me if he's at 240 at the start of trading camp. And then by the time the season starts, right, I think this is a transformation that's an ongoing thing for him i think the the thinner he can get if he can get down to 230 235 i think that's going to be really yeah. really ideal and i think him. i honestly i think just his frame i think 235 is probably about as low as he can go yeah yeah but th- then you're getting a guy that was uh, as you know chris i defended the drafting of him i was excited by his game at hawaii yeah. Um, the fact that he has gained between 20 and 40 pounds since then has been a big reason why he's stunk in the NFL yeah. and why we've been so critical of him. The, I, this is this is this where Matt Patricia redemption arc, man. This really, really could. And and I and I God, I hope it. First, I really hope it happens. I will be the first to kick my own nuts for being wrong about this guy, right? And and yeah. not putting enough on the coaching staff on it. Um, I. I it just didn't look like anything was there. And then it makes you start to think about how many other players out there, they missed their first chance in the NFL, right? Because Jelani could have yeah. been cut and nobody would have picked him up. That would have been it, right? If he comes along on this redemption arc and turns himself into a, a, a good quality player, an average quality middle linebacker, right. right? That's a heck of a redemption arc from where he was and and shows how much that stuff can make a difference in a guy's career. So. Coaches, coaches, it does. Coaches. So, um, yeah. And again, he he's competing for a backup role. The starting off-ball linebackers are going to be Jamie Collins and Derek Barnes or Alex Anzalone. Yeah, that's that's your three that are going to play a lot. And now he's fighting with Jalen Reeves Maven for that number four spot, number five spot. Um, one of the prerequisites for making that position is being special on special teams. That's something that that Tavai is going to have to learn. And and honestly. Even if he just morphs into a special teams ace, obviously it's not return on on draft investment, but you've got somebody there who's playing a role that you need because they don't have that right now. They they need that guy. If he can be that guy, no, he shouldn't have been drafted in the second round, but at least you've got a a quality player at that something out there. Um, and, And he's... To his credit, he he is he's a very nice and personable guy. Yeah. He is a guy who would enjoy the training camp party, as an example. And I I, I will say that yes. speaking for him as somebody who yes. I have I interviewed him a couple times. I have gotten to know him off the record a little bit. I, know I do like him. him off the record I, as well. Yeah, he's, he would definitely enjoy that party. Yes, he, <laughs> he, he and that's that's one of the frustrating things. He's a guy that the fans would legitimately like and rally around. But he's been put in a position where he can't be that guy. And that's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. So more power to him. I I, I hope I'm rooting for, I am, I am for so him. so yeah. rooting for him. Yep. Now absolutely. now if he if he flops, I'm still gonna bury him. That's 
Well, it's I'm going to be honest. That's what I got to do. And and (laughs) along with that, sometimes sometimes you know there's there's jokes or whatever about it, but it's it's just the way it is. It's it's even in you know my work, if somebody's gone. They're always at fault. People make jokes about what they did while they're there. It's it's real yeah. life, right? It's not something special yeah. for people in, in sports. They're just kind of on a bigger spotlight, right? And you talk about it yeah. in front of a larger audience. No ill will against the guy at all, right? Like you said, no, really, no, really good none. guy. Want him to win, but if yes. he costs us, if he costs us, I'm just going to make something up that's not going to happen. If he costs us a playoff berth this year, right? Oh, <laughs> he, he will. He, he will receive the wrath of right. I, I just had a situation. I didn't. I wanted to use absurdity to help illustrate. Thank you. Oh my God! If this is a playoff team, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something it's, weird. It's I'm not, gonna, folks. It's not a late a turtle please, or something. I don't please, know. Please don't. Do that. <laughs> All right, really quick, want to talk about uh, huge sales going on right now at Fanatics. Fanatics at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All the merch. You want to get your Tavai jersey? Get it now while you still can. Uh, Got to continue the jokes. They're gonna be going fast. <laughs> Uh, all kinds of great stuff. There's like I've seen 25, 50 percent off on on merchandise right now. They've got a really, really good couple of sales for the last couple of weeks. I think there's going to be another week of big sales, and then they're going to cycle some stuff. Get in there, get your Lions merch. It's all there. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Take care of yourself and get get show off your team. Hey, Father's Day is coming up, by the way. Oh, yeah. um, your dad might need a new jersey or new hat or something like that. Maybe he's a Red Wings fan. Maybe he's going to need the, the jersey of the number six overall pick the NHL draft, which the Red Wings secured uh, about 10 minutes before we went on the air. Nice. Nice. Thanks for, for your Wings fans. I, was, I knew that was today. I forgot. I'm watching the, yeah. the Bolts because the Red Wings are breaking my heart the last couple of years. Hey, the Bolts are, they're good. Although, so it's I am a closeted uh, Carolina Hurricanes fan. So back in the back in the nineties, I was a Hartford Whalers fan. Right. Uh, when they moved to Carolina, I lived in Richmond, Virginia, but my territory was North Carolina, Virginia, and Maryland. I was at the first ever game of the Carolina Hurricanes at the Greensboro Coliseum oh, uh, before they moved into Raleigh. Uh, so I, I, I have a Carolina Hurricanes jersey, uh, and I, I I do root for them. I, I I don't keep up with hockey enough. I wish I had more time to keep up with hockey, but between my kids' basketball and the NBA, which I very much love and also the Lions coverage. I just don't get enough. I don't get enough time to watch yep. hockey anymore. But uh, uh, this is a series that I am definitely paying attention to, and uh, I could use honestly the the hurric- my, my Hurricanes jersey is the old school white with the the thing on it. Their black and red alternate jerseys are fire. <laughs> Ooh! All right, so let's 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 do this. If if the Bolts win it again this year, I'll let you guys pick a jersey for me, a Bolts jersey to get. I tell you, I don't have time to keep up with the NBA because I watch like NHL and some other things. I love, I just love hockey, the sport. My favorite player of all time was Vladdy Konstantinov. I he, I, I have a signed jersey from him that I got before Sweet. he became as fame. <clears throat> excuse me, he became famous for bad reasons. But yeah. here in Champa Bay, we're up to took both games in Carolina and uh, moving on, moving back to. Bulls are good, baby. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and they it, it's crazy when you go to Tampa, and I, I noticed this. Uh, I'll give WDAE a plug. Yeah. They talk like nonstop hockey. Yeah. Like the Rays don't even exist. The Buccaneers, <laughs> even off the Super Bowl, they sort of exist. But it is a Bulls town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For real. For real. <laughs> and I, I tell you, my brother, I'm hoping to see a, a Bolts um, Boston 
uh, series my brother lives in Boston has for a number of years. I really don't like the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I, I want to see them lose is the thing because my brother <laughs> lives there, right? <laughs> a little interfamily rivalry, a little bit of fun. All right, um, really quick uh, look ahead on the show, a couple interviews coming up. We thought we had a UDFA coming in, but uh, we talked to, him, talked to him a little bit. We're still on track to do the, our version of Hard Knocks with him, um, but sure. he is highly focused right now on OTAs, and he said he wants to really wait till after OTAs to do any interviews. I get it. I get it because he is kind of I a bubble too. guy, and I, I love the focus. Historically, he hasn't shown that. So what he's he's showing is a change. <laughs> that, in, that's in yes, character, right. I mean, he's he, bounced around a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's shown a little bit of yeah. a change in his approach and his character, and I think he's really, really hungry. Uh, I think no matter what happens with him, he's going to be really great to follow this season. Where he lands, who's who's maybe our practice squad or another practice squad, but to go through the process, mm. it's a story I think that isn't really ever told except at very obvious points throughout the year and to follow a player like this i think would be really really interesting and educational for folks to understand here's a guy who has worked his butt off his whole life who has been the best player everywhere he got up until college and then he had some real tough competition but he did well he did play well and then now he's in the very 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 best and he's on the bubble and it's really something to you know you think about it's like college admissions right you're 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 the very best at everything you do all of a sudden you wind up at harvard and you're you know in the in the bottom 10th percentile it's like what the heck just happened you know how did how did the competition get so big so fast and it's uh those are interesting stories so we got that coming we have another interview that i'm gonna i'm gonna hold tight on on what it is um looking for you know what it is? Week, <laughs> week of the 28th we're looking for that that's gonna be a good one and um we're lining up some some player interviews along the way here too um, yeah. Some housekeeping on the show before we yes. get to our, our, another story here. Um, the twenty first, Riz is going to be on vacation. So, so we're doing three weeks of vacation this year. Just so you yes, we are. Which is pretty. I think we're. I will actually be back. by you, but not with you that week too. Uh, my my daughter is playing at the USAV Junior Nationals in Orlando on the twelve U team. Go far out, Black. Um, so I will be in Orlando that week watching my daughter play volleyball. <laughs> it's it's only two hours. We could be with each other. We, 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 we might have to hook up uh, hook, hook up for one night at, at my friend's uh, unrefined brewery. Yeah. Go, go go visit them in, uh, where's that at? Madeira Beach? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to work that work. Um, if you're ever in Madeira Beach, go to go to unrefined brewing. My, my fraternity brother owns it. Um, great, good dude um, who makes good beer. They have a weird sour now that has Madagascar vanilla beans in it. Um, and uh, his story about how they acquired beans from Madagascar, like directly, is is fairly cool. Did um, it come in a there. crate with some penguins? Uh, they, they might have. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, so we got that. Those are great movies, but the penguins of Madagascar, <laughs> highly underappreciated movies. I love those. Uh, so the week of the 21st of June, uh, Riz is going to be out, so we won't have a show that week. The week of July 4th, I'm out. We won't have a show that week either. Uh, but that's it. So last week and those two weeks, the 21st and the 4th, are the three weeks of vacation we're taking this year. Otherwise, we're we're rocking through. And it's it's for you guys. It's we over are. here for you. We it's are. Because we care. So. Uh, on the weeks that Riz is out, expect some couple of vlogs to fill in from Ash and I. And the week that I'm out, I'm counting on uh, Riz and Ash. We, we will, we will have some content for you. Uh, in fact, we might have a... A vlog interview. Um, I, I will know more about that tomorrow. But, uh, just to tease it, uh, it'll be it'll be cool. 
Good, good, <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Next one. Um, there's a guy named Carrion Johnson. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He used to play for the Lions. Um, used to be one hell of a blocker. I mean, just one heck of a blocker. Um, his first year, my description of him as a runner was greasy. He was. He was really. He could. He could move. Injury took hold, and he was never just. He just never became the Carryon Johnson we expected. A lot of big fans though that were hoping for the best for him. Off to the Eagles, and something happened. Riz, something happened today so uh it's not a safe bet that he will be with the eagles they claimed him off waivers after the lions waived him today wednesday uh june was it the second i think it's the second I don't, let me look at the calendar here it's the second all right good uh, i am right yay i got one right um the eagles made him take a pay cut to stay with the team he has done thank you <laughs> slow that en- envision tommy lee with the, the boat um <laughs> <laughs> now I am. <laughs> Pimbley. Okay. okay. That movie, by the way, is going to be spectacular. I will pay for that yeah. um, wherever it's showing, if it's on Prime or whatever. Um, b- back to carry on. He is not making the league minimum. Um, it is not a safe bet that he makes the Eagles even after they claimed him. Uh, I texted three separate people today, the exact same text who cover the Eagles. I said, does carry on make the team? One person responded, absolutely not. Another is like, I don't know. And the third was like, he's really up against it. So uh, it's not just the Lions. Look, we like Kieran. He's a good dude. Yeah. He is. He's a very fan-friendly guy. And as you said, Chris, when he came into the league, he was really good. The injuries have taken their toll, and the league knows it. Yeah. Um, he 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 and Jordan Howard, another guy who injuries have unfortunately taken a toll, are fighting for the same job in Philadelphia as the number three running back, a guy who takes three to seven carries per game on 15 snaps per game. Um, his pass protection might get him a little bit more action than that, but this is not oh, this is not nice. a guy who you want to draft in fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he he's he he is He's very realistically fighting for his NFL life right now in Philadelphia. And how is it going? Well, they asked him to take a pay cut today. So he's making the league minimum and his salary is completely non-guaranteed. Don't be surprised if he's back on the street again. And also do not be surprised if the lions don't go after him when he's back on the street. There you go. That's it. Sad, sad story. A guy had a lot of talent, had a lot of potential. He does. And, and another, another guy that's really easy to like and root for. Yeah. But damn the injuries, man. Yeah. Always. Every, every year since his junior year in high school, he's had injuries. And it was one of those fluke things. You know, he sort of skated by because his injury at Auburn, it always happened in their last game. So he didn't miss games. But in a way that was like, the dude hasn't had an off season where he didn't have surgery and where he was recovering from something since he was 15 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's Brandon's making a point here. I don't think he recognizes it. Carry uh, on Johnson went the way of Kevin Jones and Kevin Smith. I think we yeah. need to get rid of any of the K first name players. Just, just let them go. Don't even bother. I'm go. okay with that. All right. Uh, <laughs> one more question. I feel bad for him because I, I really this, do. This is a good question. WMW2 in the chat. When do we see the NFL roster and game day roster expand with the move to 17 games? Okay. So today, uh, Tom Pelley. 
Sarah of the NFL Network reported that the practice squad and injured reserve rules from last year will carry over, which means that you're allowed to be on injured reserve. You have to be there for three weeks, but you can be activated after that. Teams can put any number of players on injured reserve and reactivate them later in the season. Uh, He's loving that. That, that, that's a very good thing. And also that the rosters will be expanded. You can protect players on your practice squad. That was that was wildly popular in the NFL last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you have to push the guys on Monday. Uh, and that's uh, I don't think I don't think the Lions lost anybody to that that I'm aware of. They might have. Um, and there wasn't a lot of it. And, and uh, it, it's great for the lower run players and the roster expansion. Uh, they are up to 55 now uh, on the active roster, and, and some of that has to do with the, the, the practice squad as well. But, yeah, they approved that today. It will not be long before the game day inactives go away. Uh, you will hear more about that uh, late in training camp, early in preseason. Uh, and I, I'm not supposed to know what I know, so I can't say more than All right, There you go. <laughs> Um, it, it won't happen this year, but it's coming. Um, somebody very smart and very important in the league asked them, why do we still have this inactive list? Explain what, what benefit it does. And the people who were asked that question, who are in a lot of power, couldn't come up with an answer. <laughs> and I, I, know, I, I know who asked the question, and I know who could not answer it. Uh, and it portends very well for that to happen uh, next year. There you go. Speaking of next year, XFL is back in 2022. Yes, it is. Not in 2021. So right. I look forward to that. That was a lot of fun. That was really good stuff. And as- CFL will be back too. So Canadian, for those of you who like to get your Winnipeg Blue Bombers on, uh, they're coming back. <laughs> um, which reminds me, though, how well the XFL did officiating. And as we're sitting here talking about rules, we should get Blandino on. Yes. We haven't had him on in a while. There's some stuff to talk about. He's there such is. a good guy. Absolutely. I, I'm. I'm I would love for him to go over any rule changes that there are. I don't. I'll be there's honest. I'm blanking on any weird a, rule changes. There was one that I saw. For some reason, I'm remembering it was Pittsburgh oh, that that submitted it, but I, I don't remember. But we'll we'll take a look. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get that covered. We'll yeah, well, D- Dean will absolutely come on and, and rejoin us again. He's always been gracious. He, by the way, was phenomenal at the training camp party. Oh God, he was so great. People who went there with the express purpose of hating on him were like, you know what? I like that guy. Yeah, (laughs) he's really cool. I'm actually going doing dinner. We're we're going. We we're locked in on the Rams game. Uh, Sam and I'm going to go to dinner. I'm going to do dinner with him. Sam and going to visit his friends, so we'll be apart for part of it. But trying to get together a a tour of the Fox Studio on uh, the night before because sweet it's so cool so we'll see what i want to tour of sofi i can't wait to get out and see that stadium at some point dude yeah for real if you can get you get to touch a real gm you know you guys didn't send me to senior bowl uh <laughs> do I? so the the combine will be moving to los angeles sooner than later yeah. um and uh that will be I, unfortunately, just because of, of my kids' basketball schedules, uh, I will have to pick one trip a year, and I will go to Los Angeles instead of Mobile. Sorry, Jim Nagy. Sorry, <laughs> Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I, I'm going to L.A. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Come on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you lived there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I've seen gotta, it. <laughs> All right. Got to find Simi Valley. There's things that go on there. <laughs> there are. There are some things. They build drones. Uh yeah, good stuff there. Good stuff. Um 
I'll I I will commit to going with you and giving you the grand tour and uh, take you to all the good eat spots and all the good stuff going on around there. That's great. So yeah, my, my, my LA knowledge is, is very limited. I have driven from LAX to Santa Barbara twice. That's the extent of my, and and back. That's the extent (laughs) of my, my LA, Uh, the company that I used to work for in the nineties and early two thousands had an office in Santa Barbara. I was out there once every six months. Santa Barbara is a place that I would wish I could afford to live because man, it's awesome. It's beautiful. <laughs> and the weather is just, it's, that is, that is where the perfect weather is in California. They're in La Jolla. Their airport oh. is open air. Yeah. They don't have a roof. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, what if it rains? Like it just it doesn't rain it here. Doesn't, no. Really? It's <laughs> really? yeah, great. All right. With that, we're going to ask you to. Well, we're going to thank you. I want to thank you all for for being with the show, listening, watching yes, thank, the whole thing. Thank you for my discolored camera and my awkward pink, red, whatever melon colored face that I got tonight. <laughs> um, all will be better um, next week, and all will be better. I will be coming at you again tomorrow with a vlog live from Allen Park after practice. Nice. Uh, hopefully, my hair cooperates. Hopefully, the wind cooperates because last week was <laughs> it was windy. Um, and I, I appreciate the folks who uh, had fun with my my hair. If you remember Maria Baratoroma, when they used to call her the money, honey, back in the days, so like I think it was CNBC she was at, and she was down on the trading floor, right? She gets jostled around on the trading floor. Oh, yeah. It was, it, I do know who you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like, it was like, wow, she's she's like right in there doing it. That was your look, man. You had the look of, I, I've been at training camp all day working. That's what I've been doing today. <laughs> you really, you, you, you sold the part well, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You look great. Yeah, so uh, it, it's going to be cloudier tomorrow, so uh, I, I might be a weird color again. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, hey, look, hit the like and subscribe. That really helps us out with the algorithm, guys. Before you go, we appreciate that. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack chat, the Discord chat, which we are going to start using to allow have people ask live questions on the show. Um, yeah, well, I've got unread threads. I got work to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's actually a really really good place to hang out with some of the best people you're going to find. Talk lions stuff. It really is. Um, and and I will drop information that I don't normally put in lions wire things, yeah. uh, because I have to be professional there, and I can be a little bit more. I can let my hair down, so to speak, in in the slack, and I do from time to time. You you absolutely <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, and I also we, enjoy I also enjoy being put in my place by. My, my fun people there. Um, yeah, it's fun. There's, there is, I will say. It's a good group. It's a really good group of people. I enjoy y'all very much. There is a heightened level of knowledge of the people in the Slack versus the people that listen to the show because we can just share some other things that we don't share otherwise. Yeah. Access that via Patreon. Um, also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden for the Sexiest no pants coverage in the that's, NFL. That's, that's right. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Why do we want them to do that, Riz? You always know. <laughs> Sorry. The lighting in this room is <laughs> whacking me out. So you can come. We can come into your ear holes. Automagically. That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no lights, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final.
final seconds winding down. And look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.